Alléluia, Hosanna, 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 Alléluia, Hosanna, Alléluia, Hosanna, another opportunity to learn of you. Thank you for the battle of the night. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your sustenance. Thank you for your help. Thank you for always looking out for us. Father Lord, please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Thank you because you are the only one who can forgive. Thank you for your mercy. Lord God Almighty, as we go into your word, Lord, please speak to us. Move us from where we are now to where we ought to be. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, at the end, Lord, we promise you I will be very careful to return all the glory, all the honor, and all the praises back to you. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Today, um, we will continue our series that we started, the Potter and the clay. How many of you have been, you've gotten something so far? Wave at me. Don't, do, don't be religious about it. If you've gotten something so far in the last um, two Sundays, wave at me. Wave at me. So if you are not waving, it means you have not got, how many of you who got something, how many of you are already running with something? How many of you are, you are running with it already? Praise the Lord. So before I start, play the theme song since the choir refused to do the song. So they'll play it. The song says, I am not much, but in your hands I can be anything. Just one touch from the potter can change everything. You, Lord, have the ability. You have the ability to see what men cannot see. I am just a clay. Father, have your way and make me more like you. Is that someone's prayer this morning? Maybe the Oimbo in the song is too much. That's why I had to break it down. I am not much, but in your hands I can be anything. Just one touch from the potter, that's one touch from God, can change everything. Lord, you have the ability, of course it does, to see what men cannot see. Um, I'm just a clay. Father, have your way. Make me more like you. And the the hook. 
says, You are the potter. I am the clay. Won't you mold me? Change me. You are the potter. I am the clay. Won't you mold me? Change me just like you. Just like you. Just like you. Just like you. Hallelujah. Let's do this. Welcome home. Just some clay, God, just have your way and make me more like you. Cause you are the potter, and I am the clay. Won't you mold me, shape me? You are the potter, and I am the clay. Won't you mold me, shape me just like you? Just like you, just like you, just like you. speaking on what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? Last week, we looked at the teacher within. Um, our text was taken from Proverbs 29, verse 18. Put it on the screen, please. Proverbs 29, verse 18. The Bible says to us that where there is no revelation, the people 
um, cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. So vision is determined as revelation because vision is not a vision until it comes, because it comes from God. God is the one who will give you the vision. So you discover it. Vision is not something you manufacture. You discover it under God. And um, what God has made for you on the face of the earth, you need revelation to know it. And where there's no revelation, the people are naked. So what, what is God saying to you? I'll start from there this morning. And I'll say that there are different people in the room. Um, by way of introduction, I'll say that, yes, there are different people in the room. And um, by virtue of the fact that there are different people in the room, um, we are here under most likely the same, a common purpose to come and worship God. But you know, the truth of the matter is that, number one, our needs are different. Number two, our personalities are different. Number three, our principles might be different as well. Our outlook on life are different. So what really makes you unique is not your looks. What really makes you unique is not the way you look. I was in, my, in our family group chats yesterday. <laughs> my sisters were, <laughs> they were, they were chatting. I think one of our cousins who lives in Italy wanted to send, he sent for his mom. His mom was going to see him. So of course they don't live in Lagos. The mom had to come from Benin. So my, my older sister had to assist her with the logistics. She stayed with her and um, Yesterday, when she was about to fly, she took her to the airport. So this is a man that we've not even seen. This is a guy we've not even seen for a very long time. So I think she was FaceTiming the guy. This my cousin. Was FaceTiming with her or something like that. So I now saw a comment. You know me, I don't really go to the family group chat because some of the things they say there are not... Um, so my sisters, one of my sister now put there that ah, Momo Allen is ugly. <laughs> you know something like that. He said ah, Allen is really ugly. Big nose, big head. One of another of our sister now said, ah, thank God, none of my none of my brother is ugly. So it means that means who am. <laughs> but what really makes you unique is actually not your look, the way you look. Because that person you see in the mirror will be buried one day. That's the truth. What makes you unique is your vision. What makes you unique is your vision. And um, that's what you are neglecting. Many of us, the energy we put into this look, the energy we put into human acceptance, people acceptance, if we can put in just half of that particular energy into the vision that God has given to us, that is what will make the difference. So what makes you unique is your vision. And unfortunately, that's the part we, neg we neglect. That's the part we are neglecting. Anything that doesn't change the course of your action, it means you didn't believe it. You just edit. it. Anything that doesn't change the course of your action, any sermon, any motivational talk, anything that doesn't change the course of your action, it means that you didn't believe it. You probably just heard it. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the New Living Translation. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the New Living Translation. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the NLT version. Let's read together. One, two, go. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ. So we can do the good things he has planned for us. 
long ago. Leave the, please leave the scripture on the screen. Number one thing I'm able to bring out from this scripture is that I am not a mass production. Number one, I am not a mass production. How do I know that? Because I'm God's masterpiece. God created me with his own hand. No matter how many people are on the surface of the earth, God created me with his own hand, specially. I am not a mass production. So I thought it was when I gave my life. Another thing I want to put, bring up here. I thought it was when I gave my life to Christ that God began to plan for me. No, that's not true. Before I was even born, yes, yes, the good things he planned for us long ago. I am that special. And you know the truth of the matter is that you are only existing until you know that plan. Until you know that plan, you are only existing. And like I said, you don't determine it. You discover it. You don't determine it. You discover it. And you do not start living until you discover it. The day you discover it is the day you start living. Because that's why you are here, actually. It created you for something. So the day you discover it is the day you start living. Your possessions and achievements don't, don't determine it. Whether you have 10 cars, 50 cars, 100 houses, it doesn't determine it. A lot of people are not living in what God has prepared for them. A lot of people are not living in what God has prepared for them. On a, funny, on a serious note, recently, I just started developing strong interest in a particular country. Maybe to even live there, possibly. At some point. And the first thing that comes to my mind is that will I go there and sit down? Oh, definitely no. I will start a church. Anywhere I find, find myself. This is my happy place. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. That before this month runs out, you will not only know, but you begin to walk in what God has planned for you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this is one of, going to be one of the fastest sermon I've preached. As I was preparing again, I realized that my mind, I thought next Sunday is the last Sunday, maybe conversation cafe. I realized I have one more Sunday to to walk this potter and the clay subject matter. Honestly, it didn't feel good, man. <laughs> but, you know, we are here. So, to make it worse, you have read books, believe in yourself. You have read books. I told you, the Bible does not say all that. That's not in the Bible. Believe in yourself. If you can stand, you will kill ten lions. Many, many things you like to do, you like. You are not called to do them. Many things you love, you are not called to do them. God has prepared you. Or God has prepared for you. Even before you made your first mistake. God has prepared for you. Even before you made your first mistake. There are some people I see today. I just look at them and I just thank God for their life. 
To be honest, I was looking at a brother in this church this morning. You know, the color combination, the way everything matched. And I was just wondering, I said, ah, now, nah, wow. Is it how people... <laughs> Is it how people... <laughs> you know, everything matched. Yeah, maybe, let's take for example, maybe is wearing a black pants, the shirt, everything rhymes, everything makes so much sense. So, looking like a pastor... You know, <laughs> before you made your first mistake, God has prepared for you. You are not the invite of a party. Tell that to yourself, I'm not the invite of a party. You are not what someone said about you. Go ahead, they can declare it. But you know, guess what? Many people don't know you. And guess, guess what? You don't even know yourself. Ephesians 2.10, the amplified version. Let me walk something there. Let's read together. One, two, go. For we are God's handiwork, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Hold on. It means that what is just saying that. God made, made you with his hands. So you are not a mistake. How many of you agree? How many of you agree? Are we on the same page? God made me with his hands. So I am not a mistake. So let's read on. Born anew that we may do the good, those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. You remember I spoke about parts Two Sundays now, I've been talking about paths. There's a path that leads to the vision God has prepared for you. And that which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Who told you that as a born-again Christian, you, don't, you are not entitled to living a good life? Who told you? Who is the person lying to you? Who told you that all your life you have to pray and fast and be binding devil. The one you bound yesterday, you bind him today. You continue the other. Who told you? Most human beings don't know. Don't know you, sorry. And yet, you embraced what they have said about you. They don't know you. And yet, you embrace what they have said about you. The book of John chapter 10 and verse 10. The Bible says, For the devil come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he has come to steal. So whenever you have a feeling about yourself that is not real, the devil has stolen something from you. Whenever you look at yourself some type of way, the devil has stolen something from you. Whenever you feel like you are not enough, the devil has stolen something from you. The devil has stolen something from you whenever you feel that way. There's a story in Matthew 16, 16 to 18. There's a story in Matthew 16, 16 to 18. Matthew 16, 16 to 18. Simon Peter answered and said, I hope you, do you know the meaning of Simon? What are your Sunday school teachers teaching you? Do you know the meaning of Simon? You don't know the meaning of Simon? Okay. Simon means for something to be unstable, unstable live on top of water. You know, sir? Uh, floating, unstable, 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 unstable. That's the meaning of Simon. I said, you are the Christ. I, I, there's a reason why I told you that meaning. You will know shortly. You are the Christ. What are your Sunday school teachers teaching you? 
the son of the living God. Verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon by Jordan. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Verse 18. And I also say to you, that leave this scripture. I'll come back to it. Let me just address one or two things. He asked him, who do you say I am? Simon answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And look at the response he gave to him here. Let me just walk this very quickly. And we are, if you get this part, you get, you've gotten the entire part of the message. And I also, the first time he addressed him, he put Simon there on stable. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, how can something unstable be referred to as a rock? And on this rock, I will build my church. So what is this saying? Breaking news, breaking news. Breaking news, breaking news. He said, you are Peter, meaning you cannot discover who I am and not know who you are also. Did you get it? So, and he faced him and said, you are Peter. So, having discovered the person speaking to him, having discovered who Jesus was, or who Jesus is, sorry, he went ahead and told him who he is. So, the way you can discover who you are and what God has created you for is to first find God. Find God. Find God, and he will reveal to you who you are and what he has planned for you. Can I get an amen? amen. You can't discover God and not discover your vision, number one. Number two, you don't discover yourself until you know Christ Jesus. What God has asked me to do might not be the same. You know, I started with different faces with you. It might not be the same God has asked you to do. But the primary purpose is to advance the kingdom. What God has asked me to do might not be the same with you. But the primary purpose is to advance the kingdom. So, you come to me, and you say to me, Pastor, God says that I should open a lounge. And I tell you that God can't ask you to open a lounge. Because that place, destinies are being destroyed. Where they smoke anything, drink anything, some walk home with their head. Some make a mess of themselves. Unfortunately, I just have to preach the truth. I don't know if you have a lounge here. And you, maybe you even pay your tithe from the lounge. Thank you. But God cannot ask you to open a lounge. <laughs> so what God has asked me to do might be different from, but the primary, the primary um, purpose is for the advancement of the kingdom. So in your area, in whatever area, whatever level you are, what are you doing to advance the kingdom? What are you doing to advance the kingdom? There is a mandate over your life. What, the, what, what does the word mandate mean? It means that God did not suggest. He commanded. In Genesis, he said, be this. Be that. He didn't beg. He didn't advise. It was a command. Be this. And that was it. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 33. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 33. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 33. The Bible says that, let's read together, I want to go. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land 
which you shall possess. What God is simply saying here is that there are some things that God did not suggest to you. He commanded you to. He commanded you to. And there's a path. There's a path. And it is only God who determines that path. What is your role? Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. A lot of people have discovered their vision but I've not identified the vehicle that God wants to use. And you don't just figure or look at what is trending to run your vision. You have to find out what God is saying. You don't figure out what is trending. There are certain business, businesses that if I put my hands into, I know it is dead on arrival. But some people might be making it in that area. But I know for sure that I'm not called there. I'm not called in that area. And I have something here, and I want you to write it down. Or keep it somewhere. It is very easy to do what God has a hand in. It is very easy to do what God has a hand in. It is very easy to run a marriage that God has a hand in. It is very easy to run a business that God has a hand in. It is very easy to pursue a career that God has a hand in. It is very easy to live in a country or in a location that God has a hand in. It is very easy to be anything that God has a hand in. It is very easy. And let me tell you something. Before you get to that point, there's this analogy. This might be the fifth, or I don't know the number of times I've used it. It's an analogy I love so much. A good swimmer will never, will never rescue you if you are drowning and you still have strength to struggle, a good swimmer will not jump into that water to come and rescue you at that time. Do you know why? Because you still have strength. If you go and hold him like this, both you and him are gone. So he watches you as you are drowning. He watches you as you are drowning. He watches you as you drink 20 liters of water. He watches you as you don't even have strength anymore to fight, and he jumps in and carries you. And what is that analogy? What do I, what, why did I refer to that analogy? You must get to that point with God where you tell God, I can no longer carry myself. Please carry me. You must get to that point with God where your strength doesn't even matter where you want to rely completely on the strength of God. And then God has, because why? God has not made you to be self-made. God has made you to be God-made, to be God-dependent. And number one thing I want you to know, number one, your vision has a location. Your vision has a location. Your vision has a location. Please, don't ever waste money or waste time. Your vision has a location. I studied business in Australia, one of the brightest institutions in Australia. And when they do analyze marketing, they analyze it in about five segments. The, um, number one, your target audience, um, market segmentation and the likes. Um, they feel in business that a cheap product will not sell in Banana Island. That you need, if it's cheap, you need to take it to 
If it's the end one, you need to take it to a particular location. And in that particular class, I remember so clearly, they talked about um, the store, the shop, the shopping mall, how you arrange yourself. You put the expensive one on top where eye contact can reach it. I put the less expensive one down. So you don't just do anything by chance. Your vision has a location. You cannot be careless with your vision. God can extend it. God can extend it because when he called Moses, for example, he called Aaron. When he called Paul, he called Barnabas. So if you don't give yourself to God, you will not understand what you are doing. And the person that had, that had one talent in the Bible, the person that had one talent, didn't know that the person that got five started from one. That's why he went to bury his talent. The person that had one talent didn't know that the person that had five started from one. He started from one first. Let me tell you something I, I know about God. God advances people. He doesn't just take you. Bam. Because he loves you too much for you to go and crash land. He loves you too much. So God advances people. He advances people. If you have not handled 500,000 before, God will not give you 500 million. Not because he cannot do it, but he would want to test your hands with 500,000 first. And as you progress, he adds to it. As you progress, the end goal might be for you to undo 5 billion, but it starts from somewhere. I was reading a tweet today. Was it this morning? I can't remember the exact wording of the tweet. He said, there's so much eating in poverty that until you undo money that can buy everything you need, don't say to anyone here that you are disciplined. Until you have everything you need, until you can afford everything you need, don't say to anyone yet that you are disciplined. It's just recently that, of course, by the grace of God, someone like me will go to party. They will sell food and it won't really appeal to me because by God's grace, I can eat anything I want in my house. But that year, when, before even the plate gets here like this, we are, we are tracking the plate. We are doing it. And when we see people who don't do that, who don't really eat at parties, it's for me. It's for me. But you know what? You get to that point where, but you know, your formative stage is not when you have the ability to look that tree. Your formative stage is where you, when you don't even have anything to eat at home. And you can still, you know, we talked about restraints last week. You can still tell yourself that, no, I don't want to, I don't want to eat. My father, Mr. Onosoria said, is one person I know. If he's going to party, he will eat at home. He will drink three bottles of Gouda before he leaves the house. And when he gets there, you know, Edo man can, Edo man can be proud. He will sit there and strong face. As you are passing, he will not be looking at you. He just, whether you bring anything, you don't bring anything. The man assorted himself before he left the house discipline. And it's not like it's one very rich man like that, but it's just someone who just, he just believes in respecting himself. He doesn't want anybody to wash him. He doesn't want to wash anybody. Let everybody wash their wash and everybody remain <laughs> on their own. You get it. So your formative stage, where you develop these things, is when you don't even have anything at all. It's not when you have everything. How many of you understand what I'm saying? So where you are headed for that. Where you are headed for a place God has not sent you. 
Remember, your vision has a location. It's a burial ground. When you head for a place God has not sent you, it's a burial ground. May God not let us walk into our own burial ground by ourselves. Therefore, don't go to places because the place is fine. Make sure God is the one leading you. John the Baptist, the Bible says, was in the wilderness until the time of his showing. That's how the Bible put it. God kept him in the wilderness until the time of his showing. I hope you know there's no AC in the wilderness. I hope you know the wilderness is not a comfortable place. Understand your location. If what God has placed, what if where God has put you, I've had some very dangerous conversations with Francis in the last days. Dangerous conversations behind the scenes workings of five years ago, six years ago. Dangerous conversations. But let me tell you the truth. Know where God has put you. If God has put you as associate pastor, don't let these people, church members, whine you that you preach fine sermon. Ah, you preach better than pastor. You are gone. Know where God has what? Put you. If you are an associate, stay there. That's where God, that's God is intentional about everybody. How many of you believe if I say these things, a lot of people find it hard to, to believe. At our province, I'm one of the very prominent or popular pastors. I believe so. I've never held microphone in any province program before. I've never been given microphone. Maybe go and even pray on offering. Or go and tell the people, welcome. Nowhere God has called you. The province is not treasury. The province is the province. When we go there, we sit there. Sit there. We, we sit there. You know, they don't tell us to sit there. We sit. <laughs> but what am I trying to say? Understand where God has put you. Don't try to, by gossip, by bad behavior, bad habits, overthrow your boss in the office. They see it. They see it. They know. They know. They know the ones that would stiff their neck out for them when they are, even when they are not there. And they know the ones that can't even wait for them to, something to happen to them. And yet, you come to church and say, ah, your boss is wicked. Your boss is doing this. What are you doing behind the scene? What conversations are you having about your boss when he's not there, when she's not there? It's okay to him higher, but not at the expense of dragging someone down. The Bible says God is the one who brings one down. He didn't give you that, the assignment to bring another person down for you to go up. He says, God is the one who brings one down and takes another, another one up. Things to know as I, begin, as I wrap up. Number one, never be on the same plane with someone going the opposite direction with you. Never be on the same plane with someone going in the opposite direction with you. I want to ask you a question. How can two pilots going different direction be flying one plane? How? How can two pilots going different directions be flying one plane? Let's say for the sake of this conversation, one announces, my name is Pilot Josie, J to the O to the S to the S to the Y, H to the O to the N to the O to the S. I'll be your pilot for today. Um, flying at altitude 33,000 um, above sea level. 
on our way to Lagos. I now hear another one. Same plane. My name is uh, Captain AOC. I'm your captain for this plane. We are flying at altitude 35,000, 2,000 higher than the first one. <laughs> All the way to Kano. <laughs> you know, it's so funny, but that's how many of us are. We enter into alliances. We enter into partnership with people we clearly know are not going in the same direction with us. I'll say a few things. God didn't give me the vision of changing gears. And yet, God gave me the vision of changing gears. And I'll tell you why I said so. God gave AOC as a prayer man the vision of changing gears. And honestly speaking, I love changing gears. I love to pray, to be honest. But God didn't give me that vision. He gave AOC. But AOC will now be waiting for me to be following him. Like this. For changing gears to change gear. <laughs> I know what it means to entrust things into people's hands and be monitoring them. So I made up my mind when we started Treasury that when I give you when I give you something to do, I don't look back. I don't watch you. Whether I'm a very handsome person, it could have its advantages and it could have its disadvantage. So that's why many times now, if I tell somebody to do something, I don't even bother checking anymore. If you like, don't do it. If you like, do it. We are all answerable to, to God. Beginning of this month, I was praying. I saw a lady, beautiful lady in this church. I saw her making food in very nice places. And I reached out to her. And I said, ah, God showed me this, 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 this. This is what I'm willing to do for you by the leading of God. This, 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 this. The lady has not asked me, how are we going? She has not shown me anything. That this is what I've worked on. If you ask the lady tomorrow, they don't answer prayer in treasury. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. I've, been to, I've been looking at the lady. I've been looking at her. They play. <laughs> they play. <laughs> Hi. Ah, my eyes have seen. <laughs> Let me not say the third one. First Chronicles 12 and verse 38. First Chronicles 12 and verse 38. We are done in a minute. First Chronicles 12 and verse 38. Let's read together. One, two, go. All these men of war who could keep ranks came to Hebron with a loyal heart to make David king over all Israel. And all the rest of Israel were of one mind to make David king. When someone is relevant, no matter the stage the vision is, it's because the person keeps metamorphosing. Let me break metamorphosing down. It's because the person keeps advancing. I'll read it again for you to, to hear. When someone is relevant, no matter what stage the vision is, 
It's because the person keeps metamorphosing. <laughs> hey. I was at the barber shop yesterday and I saw <laughs> and I saw Pastor Dolo Adeboe Baba chopping like it. Ah. They were washing my hair. So I didn't even see when he came out. Ah. Oh God. Ah. And I greeted him. And the Baba told me that ah, he comes here every Saturday. Every, and I said, come, I've not met him here before. Where I'm going is this. It's really not about him more sometimes. If you look at, sometimes I sit there and I look at that. What does it mean to have a biological father like Pastor Adeboe? Like, what does it mean? When I see these people, I feel very sorry for them. Not in a bad light. Don't get it wrong. Like, I look at, how do they want to do it? They say, Father, will be greater than children. Where do we start from? And it concerns even all of us in the redeemed Christian of God. You look at it. This man, in talking about someone relevant and keep metamorphosing. You look at it, about, you look at it and say, this man, everything, you feel like today will just rest. And he's still going all over the place. You see all these small, small boys, pastors. They just gather 5,000 people somewhere in Ibadan. They, they would make noise all over social media. You won't rest. Oh, God move. Can't light everywhere. And you ask yourself, what should people like this, what should they do? What should they do? I saw one of, our, one of our people put a prayer link for one of the young people's church. Definitely not averse. It's not what you're thinking. And I joined. I just wanted to see what's happening there. And I just saw the lady wanted to take the prayer. By the grace of God, welcome to this prayer. Man. At the grace of God, I'm standing in for his most revered apostle, Listen, some don't travel at your pace. They don't have to travel at your pace. There are some things you rather have. Stop impressing people that you don't like. The people you are trying to impress, you, we and you, we both know that we don't like them. Why are you trying to impress them? Why are you trying to impress them? Some years ago, I used to have more suit shoes than sneakers. As of today, I have more sneakers than suit shoes. Because I want to wear more sneakers than shoes. If that will make you feel some type of way, it's a shoe. That's what I like right now. It can change tomorrow. So stop impressing people that you don't like. People who don't even have a say in the matter of the vision God has given you. People who don't even, who cannot even. Let me tell you something. They only abuse the king behind him. Nobody abuses the king in front of him. I've not seen any treasury person look at me in the face and tell me, Pastor Joseph, you are stupid. How? How? But yes, when you see me, I say, I celebrate you, sir. I, I heard what you said last week. Good afternoon, sir. That's why even you as a leader, don't get carried away with all those things. 
Don't get kind away. Get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> when you see certain people, you know that these ones are your own. You know that this one, they are your own. Now come rain, come shine. Whatever happens. So stop impressing people that you don't like. Focus on your vision, the vision God has given to you. Focus on it. God is so meticulous with the vision. And he's also concerned about the people you go with. He's interested in the people you team with. Because there's always a purpose behind anything God does. God has not only planned what you will do from time. He has also planned those who will go with you. He has also planned those who should go with you. I was telling Francis in one of our dangerous conversations. I said to him, I said, how do you have an assistant who is more prominent than the boss? And you said there won't be a problem. And they keep coming to you. You cannot send, you cannot, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a politician. So I, ha, <laughs> ah. It's just like you holding the bike. See, whenever we want to, the day I preach in camp, pastor who has been preaching in church many times, eventually they, told, they will tell you, as you are going, they will remind you again. As you get there, greet daddy, greet mommy. Acknowledge who? Mommy and daddy. Ah, in our good year, like Van Damme. Ha. Ah. What are you saying? Are you playing? God is so particular about the people that you will go with. In fulfillment of your vision. God doesn't want you to go with people who will start slandering you behind you. God doesn't want you to go with people who will not believe in you enough to stand up for you even when you are not there. God do not want you to go. You see, he was talking during the workers' meeting. He was talking about talk, 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 talk. Many of us have talked down our destiny helpers with this our mouth. Many of us have talked down our destiny helpers with this one mouth that God gave us. And you still don't see anything wrong in it. Me, I will say, say my mind. Ah, your mind has not taken you to White House all these years. Are you sure your mind is not your enemy? I will say my mind. I always like to say my mind. When I say my mind, I calm down. Everything calm down. Nobody says their mind anymore. They say what is right. And in the place where you don't say, you don't, the our environment is not conducive. Keep quiet. Keep quiet. I remember when I just became pastor. You sit down. Because that's why I met. That's the structure I met. In treasure of you that year, sit down. Everybody, say what you don't like about pastor. Am I super yoga? Why should you like me? Am I the one who came to meet in church? You now see people, no discretion. No, zero discretion. Eh, I don't like, I use the... Eh. I don't like the way you walk. Is it your leg? <laughs> and I stopped it. <laughs> uh, say what you don't like about pastor. Uh, last week, 
I get that you didn't answer. Is that for a forum like that? I'm referring to these things in case you are given opportunity. I told us one, I don't know if it was the workers I was talking to, how to give feedbacks. If you have to, you don't start from the negatives. You start from, if you are giving feedback to your upline, you start, ah, hey, Pastor, that sermon was fire. I haven't recovered from it. And thank you for the bread last week, too. We went, ah, you, as if you knew I asked you in the house. <laughs> and, but I just think, Pastor, um, this one, I don't even know how to say it. You know how to say it, but you, you whine him like he's heavy. You don't just throw bomb, bah, to your superior. Um, I just think, mm, you know, let me not say it. Let me just... You can try. Maybe we'll even say it now. <laughs> That's how to give feedback. Not you just sleep, wake up, open your mouth. I just, bah, I just drop. Is he your slave? The Lord help us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I finished preaching.